Give it all to him. Hallelujah. Somebody give it all back now. Somebody give it all to him right now. I love you, Jesus. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Amen. What a beautiful, beautiful presence of the Lord is in this place tonight. I feel such a great spirit. I know, I know summertime has been a little strange. People are scattered. We have uh, the run wild and free mindset once the cold lifts it's a blessing and a curse and um, and so we've been a little scattered we've been a little just kind of laid back this summer and I'm just praying that we have not lost our sincerity and our appreciation for everything that the Lord has given us access to. We are very privileged people. Very privileged. Don't ever take for granted the opportunity to come to the house of the Lord on a midweek or Sunday. That's, that's a luxury to some people. It's a privilege to me. It's a necessity and a privilege and I promise you, you will not get to heaven and, and regret it. You won't get to heaven and say, man, I just wish I could have missed a few Sundays. <laughs> I wish I could have just laid out a few more midweeks. You're, you're not going to regret a single, a single bit of it. I, I do want to thank Brother BK for the kind words tonight. And I hope that someday I can make those words true. I'm not calling him a liar, but I don't feel worthy of those words. Um, but I do want to please God. There have been a few times I have been late. Uh, usually I send somebody into the sanctuary and make sure that BK is looking the other way. <laughs> so he doesn't see me sliding in two minutes and 37 seconds late. There have been a, a few times that Brother... Shelton has insisted I stay up in the office with him um, for intentional reasons and it was everything I could not to say hey look over there and run out the the office door I was um, not that not that he's not a great friend and not that I don't love him but I was miserable up there because I couldn't be down here and that's that's just the honest truth and don't take for granted the opportunity to have those times of pre-service prayer we've gotten you know we've gotten to where we're 620 and sliding for nothing and you know or 720 or 1040 or 1050 and sliding into nothing there doesn't have to be a break between pre-service prayer and the worship service you say well I'm tired well you can rest when you get to heaven the the Holy Ghost is the rest we, we do a lot of things that, that we have to do and that we want to do. And we come to the church and we come to church and say we're tired. This is not the place to be tired. This is the place to, to give it all to him.
And so I'm just picking, Brother BK, very kind of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I think he is a little partial, though. Um, but I, I appreciate that. It would be terrible, if, you know, if, if he wasn't, you know, if I was just another dude to him. Uh, I'd be miserable. I'd be of all men most miserable. And so uh, thank you for the accolades. And uh, she's not in here, I don't think, yet. Um, but I got to tell you, 26 years of marriage and two and a half years of dating. We, we've been together for, we went out on our first date in March of 1993, 28 plus years ago. And she is more beautiful to me today than she was then. And um, I won't tell you what I thought of her back then because uh, that'll make you uncomfortable and that'll be weird and all kind of, then I got to preach and it's just, you know, whatever. But, you know. She was fine. So, but, but anyway, but anyway, I mean, you know, so, <laughs> and I'm telling you, I, you know, the scripture, and I say this in all sincerity, and some of you husbands and wives may do yourself good to, to learn this. Iron sharpeneth iron isn't just for things outside the marriage. My wife and I, we sharpen each other. And we do butt heads, and we do get strong-willed, and we do discuss passionately. And I enjoy that those times, not, not because it's divisive or because we're disagreeing. It's, it's because we're learning. We're learning. Then we go back and we say, man, I don't want to do that again. And marriage should make you a better person, not, not a worse person. And there's no, there's no uh, perfect marriage um, there's just learning marriages and loving marriages and we, we learn why we love and I appreciate her so very very much um, she is the single most loyal person that I know and she is the single most diligent and faithful person that I know that's to our family to me, to our kids, to this church to the kingdom of God and once she sets her mind to something, she is going to do it. She's going to do it. And she's an independent person in a lot of ways. And I love that about her. It's one of the things that attracted me to her. I, don't, I can't do clingy. And some people can. That's fine. I can't. Um, I'm introverted, and, and I need space. And, and so we get that about each other. Uh, but she is a very, very loving, committed person. And beautiful, um, head to toe and inside and out. And I love her so, so very much. And we got to celebrate this year. Um, she told me this year was the best anniversary out of the 26. And most of that was because we got to spend time with our entire family. Out of town, disconnected with each other, focused on one another. And... And that, that speaks to the kind of mother that she is to, to our kids. And so thank you for your kindness to us on that. And we, we, never, we never take it for granted. Thank you so very, very much. Let me say this before I go to my text tonight. Bishop Bourne, uh, the archbishop. He's the archbishop. And, uh, and he calls me pastor when he's here. And he can call me, I don't care what he calls me. He can call me dude or doc or sit down or whatever. You know, tell me to roll over, heal, whatever, you know, 
whether it's H-E-E-L or H-E-A-L, whichever one, he'd tell me to heal or do whatever. But he will be here. Uh, he'll actually be here tomorrow. But Tuesday night, he'll be with Louisville Central in the gymnasium. Now, I'm just, we want to, I want him to have his time with the congregations. Okay? So don't pile up in the gym. If you're not normally part of Louisville Central, don't pile up in there, you know, because he's in town or whatever. And that's that's intentional. We're, we're not trying to don't we're not trying to be sneaky with that. We just want him to have his time with Louisville Central, and that'll be at 7:30 Tuesday night. And I know they're excited about that. And then he'll be at Hope on Wednesday night at 7:30. Same thing applies there. And then uh, Thursday night here 7:30, and then he'll be here on Sunday morning, Sunday night. Then the next week, next week we're going to do it all over again. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then he'll have to go. But two weeks from tonight, right behind him will be Brother Shelton, and he will be in here on Sunday the 1st and Sunday the 8th of August. And so we have some extremely great moments and powerful services to look forward to. And if you're excited about that, just say amen. 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 I thank the Lord for what he, he did this morning. Uh, is anybody still healed? Ra don't, don't clap. Just raise your hand. If you're still healed from this morning, raise it real high. I've got lights in my eyes. We've got several back there. We've got some across here. We've got some right here. We've some right here. Now, I'm preaching right now already. I'll let you be seated in just a minute. I'm preaching already. Faith has to be constant or it's not faith. It has to be constant. The same faith that caused you to be healed has to remain constant for you to stay healed. Now, how many of you are healthy? You're healthy right now. You have, you're, you're healthy, okay? Raise your hand real high. You are healthy right now. That requires faith. Now, what happens is when you get sick, your faith wants to do like this. Because your body doesn't feel healthy. It doesn't feel healed. And the enemy comes in and starts using all kind of things to mess with your mind. But if you're healthy right now, you are, you are living at, at, at a level of faith. You have to be constant with that. That's why I tell you all the time. I tell the Lord every day, thank you, Lord, for my health. It's only because of you. Lord, if there's something I need to do to take care of this temple better than I'm taking care of it, Show me what it is, and I will do what it is. I want to do what my calling and my purpose from you for the kingdom of God was intended to be. I want to fulfill my days whenever that is. And then when you're done with me, you can just take me out of this world. But I want to be healthy while I do it. I want to be healthy. God doesn't get any glory out of me limping through ministry. Are you here tonight? He doesn't get any glory about me having a lot of pain through ministry and me having to stop for long periods of time and nurse a, nurse, a, nurse a sickness or whatever. He doesn't get any glory out of that. That's not a cross for me to bear. He bore that cross. He bore that cross, so I don't have to bear that cross. That is not my cross. Okay, My cross is you know, tribulation and persecution and the, you know, the reaping of my bad decisions and learning from that process and being attacked by the enemy and doing spiritual warfare, fighting off everything. That, that is my cross to bear, not sickness. Amen. If you don't believe that, just pray about it. Go to the Word. The Lord will give you revelation on that. 
I'm going to read the same verse tonight as a launching pad, but we're going to start in a different direction. Luke 9 and 2. Uh, and I apologize to uh, whoever my victim is back there tonight. It looks like it's Brooklyn. Uh, that I did not send you these uh, scriptures that I added this afternoon. I'm so sorry. Um, do the best you can. Luke chapter 9 and verse 2. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now I want to talk to you, you know, part two, part two of a double cure for a double curse. And the Lord did do miracles this morning. Pray with me right now before you're seated. Father, I pray that you would arrest every mind, every heart and spirit in the name of the Lord God. Arrest us. Inspire our faith. Help us, Lord God, to believe you for anything, to believe you for the impossible. We're going to walk in faith tonight. We're not going to live by old wives' tales, fables, fiction, fantasy, tradition. We're not going to stand on any of those erroneous philosophies. We're going to stand on the pure, unadulterated, holy Bible. It is the holy word of God. And we're going to trust that every word of God is true. Every word. Everybody say, every word of God is true. Every word of God is true. It cannot lie. You may be seated. Now I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some good scripture tonight. That I help, uh, uh, hope will help you go further in your faith and grasp understanding First of all, we know this, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith does not come by experience. It doesn't come by somebody else's testimony. I can tell you that I gave Brother Steve $500,000, and you might be hopeful that I might give you $500,000. that okay with you, Brother Steve? Okay, he's excited about it. So we're having revival. But you can, you can be hopeful that I would do that for you, but there's no guarantee unless I tell you. I, I got a check for you too. But the Word of God tells us things that are factual. And so we don't, we don't build our faith and, and trust in, in the Lord by, by what somebody told us that did not align with Scripture because they said, I've got an example for it. If the example contradicts the Scripture, the example is wrong that's not, that's not what is right. That's not the norm. That's not what we rely on. Well, grandma so-and-so, uncle so-and-so, well, they prayed for them, and this is what happened, this is what I believe. No, no. We believe on the Word of God. We believe in the Word of God. In Romans chapter 5 and, and verse 12, Paul said, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Death came into the world by sin. Now, if you don't understand death and sickness and disease and infirmity and all that are equated, uh, death or sickness and infirmity and disease are the slow path to death. And so death passed upon all men. Everybody say, that's me. For that all have sinned. Everybody say, that's me too. 
For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Meaning that every man was guilty of Adam's transgression, whether it was the same sin or not, because Adam brought sin into the world. Sin came into the world by him, and all have sinned. And sin came into the world, and death by sin. So that tells us that that because from the Garden of Eden um, forward, that sickness is the byproduct. It is what happens as a result of a world that is full of sin and sickness is released by disobedience. Now, we, we can take some extreme cases of this and, uh, uh, you know, don't get uncomfortable here, just touch on this, but, but if you look at sexually transmitted diseases, those are diseases that result directly from certain kinds of sin. If you don't commit those sins, you're, you're not going to end up with a sexually transmitted disease. There's, there's only certain ways to, to get that disease in your body. So, so those, that's just one extreme example that tells us that, that sickness is a direct result of a sin. And I believe that there are others. I believe that there are diseases like cancer that are a result, not all of them, but you know, a lot of them are dietary issues and things and uh, things that we come in contact with, the radiation in the air or exposure to this or exposure to that. But a lot of times, uh, emotional, emotional trauma like worry and fear and severe anxiety and bitterness and heartbreak and things that have, that have not been released by people. And they've held it in and held it in and held it in, can't forgive, can't let go. And it finally forms a disease in their body. And I, I believe that because that, that's a result of sin. And sin is always a result of disobedience. Okay, And unforgiveness is disobedience. Or worry, worry is a lack of trust. Fear is a lack of faith. You understand? And so these are byproducts. So uh, we, we have to have faith to be healed. Now, now God does not give faith. God, God does give faith, but he does not give faith to every person who wants it badly enough. Unless they are willing to pay the price required to have strong faith. That, pri- that price is obedience, it's godliness, it's holiness, it's separation unto God. It's following in the footsteps of Jesus, living free from condemnation, and walking in the full light of the scriptures. That's what living for God is. And I'm going to prove that to you here tonight. In First John chapter 3 and verse 21, I'm going to lose... Uh, Brooklyn, very quickly, I really do feel bad about this. I should have done that so everything went more smoothly. But verse 21, 1 John 3, 21, Beloved, if our heart condemn us not, listen carefully, then, everybody say then, have we confidence toward God. If our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. Where does condemnation come from? Condemnation comes from sin. Sin comes from disobedience. So condemnation comes from disobedience. So you cannot have condemn or you cannot have confidence toward God if you have condemnation in your life. Verse twenty-two. And whatsoever we ask, 
He said, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God and whatsoever we ask. We like to quote verse 22 without quoting verse 21. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. You can't act a fool and be disobedient all the time to come up here for healing and wonder why it didn't happen. Because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. Notice the scripture separated those two things. There are some things that are commandments and some things we don't have a commandment of, but we know it's displeasing to God if we do it. And so we do these things, and if we do these things, we can ask whatever we will. Now, faith, faith is a a common, it's a common everyday thing. It it really is. Let's not make it mystical. Faith is not mystical. It's not something that you have to focus and concentrate and 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 do all these kind of incantations and things to reach out there and grab some ambiguous thing called faith out there. Faith is an everyday thing that is part of life which is evidenced by daily activities that we have in life if I write a letter and I put it now this is for those of you that are above I don't know 40 maybe Uh, if I write a letter people that actually use snail mail anymore if I write a letter and I put it inside of an envelope and I go by and I don't even know how much stamps cost today do they even still make stamps yeah they do okay so you put a stamp on that envelope you get in your car and you drive that down to a United States postal service mailbox and you drop it in there you are dropping it in there with the anticipation that that mail is going to reach the address that you put upon the envelope. That's faith. That's faith. That, that is acting and reacting as if you are convinced that the process you have gone through is going to br- result in the expected end. That is a simple illustration. It is just that easy to have faith in the miracle working power of God. All you have to do is dismiss all the lies that people have told you about healing, about how it doesn't work, only it's for a special few. It happens through special ministries if they operate in the gift of faith and they call everything out of the building. And, and you know, it doesn't work if this happened. No, no. If you get in this book and there's a promise in here about the healing power of God, if you believe that, it's like putting the envelope in the postal service mailbox. I'm expecting God to hold to his word. If he said it, I believe it. And it's so. How many of you believe that? Amen. Now, the scripture, uh, the gospel of Mark uh, 7 and 13, right before this, it is referring to people uh, that are saying different things, they have vain philosophies. And by the way, false teachers are not just outside of the church. If, if, you, if you consistently teach something that is false out of the scripture, Newsflash, you're a false teacher. <laughs> I don't want to be a false teacher. I, I can't preach anything that's not in this book. I can't add to or take away lest I be accursed. Right? If you prophesy something that does not line up with this book, it doesn't matter what cards you hold or what the name of the church is, you are a false prophet. Okay. So I want to just help you with that. And Jesus was talking about people like that. And he said they are making the word of God of none effect through their tradition. 
they are preaching things for doctrine that were made up by man. They could not be proven in the scripture. Are you here tonight? I'm just taking you on a journey here for a little bit. He said, would you have delivered and many such like things do you. Be careful that you don't speak things that contradict the scripture. Well, this is the way I see it. God doesn't care how you see it. He wrote the book. You got to get in the book and find out because what you say can make this word of none effect among the people of God. And if you're preaching this garbage that talks about God is using my sickness to lead others to Christ, that is a lie and it's not in the book. That's false teaching. Just smile and act like you enjoyed it. (laughs) I've heard it all. I've heard it all. What about this person? What about that person? I'm not here to answer for that. There's only one that sits on the throne and I'm not here. My responsibility is to preach the book. Well, what about this example? I I can't answer that. That's questions that gender strife. That's people that are trying to accommodate their doubt and their unbelief by using examples that they think line up with the scripture. Am I telling the truth? I know you've heard some of this before, a lot of this before, but just act like you've never heard it. Failure to keep his commandments is the reason why many fail to have faith. How are you going to have faith for the promise of healing and the miraculous if you don't have faith enough to live for God on a daily basis? Thou shalt not bear false witness. If you don't have enough faith to keep that commandment, boy, it just got quiet right there. Just say amen just so you, you know people won't think it's you. You get quiet and everybody's looking around. Oh, it's them right there. Acts chapter 5 verse 32, we are his witnesses of these things and so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey him. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you've not obeyed him. Receiving the Holy Ghost is a commandment. You must be born again in the water of the Spirit or you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And a whole bunch of other scriptures that go with that. If you don't have enough faith to receive the Holy Ghost, you don't have enough faith to be healed in your body because you have not not obeyed him. Disobedience is sin. Sin brings condemnation. Condemnation destroys faith. Now, in John chapter 15, Jesus said these words, If you abide in me and my words abide in you. These are stipulations. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. You shall ask what you will. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, the apostle John in 1 John 2 and 6 tells us what it means to abide in him. He saith, he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. If you abide in Christ, you are working to walk as Jesus walked. If his words abide in you, you are working to walk as Jesus walked. Now, I, I'm going to just tell you something. The, 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 uh, the moment that you think that if, if Jesus were here, that he would just say, Okay, we're going to have a drawing tonight, 
and um, you know we're gonna we're gonna turn the crank on this on this little cage here, and everybody's got a number. We're gonna pull out some lucky numbers in this place tonight. It's gonna be healing lottery, and the lucky ones are gonna be healed, and the other ones we're just gonna say just keep the faith, carry your cross, and hold on to your thorn, and all that kind of stuff, and everything will be all right one day. Maybe we'll draw your number next service. Imagine Jesus being that way. Imagine the Savior that, that, that stretched his hands wide and hung high for your, the healing of your bodies, of our bodies, and him making it a random event. I wish somebody would preach with me here tonight or teach. I like those wows. Now, Luke chapter 4 and verse 20. Three, sincere or not, I like them. I don't know if they were sincere, but that's good. I'm assuming they were. Wow. All right, I'm just picking. I don't know who it was, but I know it was from over here. But I like it. Luke chapter 4 and verse 23, he said unto them, Ye will surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. You will say this to me, Jesus said, Physician, because he's the great physician. Heal thyself. They that are sick need a physician. They that are not sick need not a physician. That's what he said of himself. You will surely say, physician, heal thyself. You, you want to know why when he was saying on the cross he didn't call for legions of angels? You want to know why he didn't heal himself? You, know, you want to know why he didn't, he didn't put himself back together? You want to know why he didn't escape the cross? You, know, wanna, you want to know why? Because he was becoming sickness for us. If he would have healed himself, he couldn't heal us. He can only heal us because he would not heal himself. He gave it to everybody because he became the example of the substitute and took the place of everybody. He sacrificed himself for everybody. We're not going to make the word of God by none effect, of none effect in not allowing the sufferings of Christ to do what they were meant to do. Somebody say, I believe it. All right, thank you. Somebody was louder than the others. That's cool. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. For even hereunto were you called... Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Now he is, he is telling us. That's for anybody out there that believes this once saved, always saved mess. Profess your faith, that's all you got to do. No. He said, the example left to us, WWJD, you want to do WWJD? Then follow his example and walk in his steps. Follow in his steps, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. What's he telling us there? Well, we can't live without sin. According to the apostle Peter, that's what he told us to do. This is the guy that denied Christ in his greatest hour. This is the guy that when, when Christ was gone and they, he was in the tomb and he didn't really know what to do, he said, I go a fishing. They're looking at him for direction and he's going back to the old career that he used to have and he's going back to the old habits. 
This is the one that wanted to cut the ear off of the soldier because they were coming to get Christ. And he said, I have to follow Christ, and I have to follow in his steps, and you have to follow his example who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. That's what the covenant looks like. Now, 1 John 3 and 6, John said, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Are you paying attention tonight? Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whoever, whoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. That's a heavy, heavy verse right there. Now listen, folks. Let me. If you hadn't figured out what I'm talking about here tonight, everybody look right up here at me. Just time out in the message. We cannot live flippantly for the Lord and pray only when we want to pray, not when he's asking us to pray. We want to follow our path and not the leading of his path. And we consider some things in the kingdom of God an inconvenience. But whenever we go to the doctor and we get a prognosis and a diagnosis that we didn't count on, now we come running to the altar asking for help. But if you live within the confines of the covenant, you will live within the confines of the cure. And God will deliver you from the curse and you will live above the curse with no sin in your life and no guile. And if something attacks you, you can call upon the name of Jesus and the Lord said, I certainly will heal your body. There is a confidence that comes in living without condemnation. Confidence is faith. Does that make sense? John chapter 9 and verse 31. No, we, now we know that God heareth not sinners. He heareth not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Am I in the word? God's promise to sinners is that he will forgive their sins when they repent and will judge their sins if they do not repent. That's God's promise to sinners. But God's promise to believers, you know, say, wait, there's, there's believers that have not repented. Really? Really? You're telling me they believe the word of God and they will not repent? Well, they're just not ready to live for God. That's exactly right because they don't believe that God is going to judge their sin and that they're really going to spend eternity in hell. And they are not willing to let go of their sin. And sin brings condemnation. And you cannot have confidence with God. Don't tell me that a ranked sinner can come up here and be healed of cancer. <laughs> oh, boy, have mercy. I, I, I just messed up. You, you think that people that do not have a heart for God and do not repent of their sins, you think that God's going to do something for them? Then what's the benefit of being in covenant with him? These are benefits of the covenant. These things don't belong to sinners. But if a sinner will repent and a sinner will believe and obey, God will fill them with the Holy Ghost and he will heal their body. But repentance comes first. Healing is not salvation. 
repentance and water baptism in Jesus' name for the remission of sins uh, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, uh, that is salvation. We have to understand that there is a difference in being a sinner and being a saint. Say, well, I, I don't understand because I've seen some sinners healed before and I think Jesus healed some sinners. Well, let me help you with Jesus healing sinners in the Bible. Let me help you with that. Remember Jesus hanging on the cross and there were two thieves on either side of him and one was railing accusations and the other one saying, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He ignored the other one and he looked to the one because he saw a repentant heart and he said, today you'll be with me in paradise. When they brought the man that was sick of the palsy unto him, they said, this man needs to be healed. And Jesus did not heal him before he said, thy sins be forgiven to you. <laughs> Woo, I'm messing with some sacred cows in here right now. If Jesus was here in person, he can do whatever he wants to do. But once he ascended up into heaven, he left us some rules and guidelines to operate in the word of God. You are not going to receive anything of the Lord until you were in covenant with him. I don't care who said God bless them. If they're not in covenant with him, it didn't come from God. (laughs) Don't bow up on me right now. I'll get you. I'm in the word. You're in tradition. (laughs) Now, how about this one? Now, you can thank Josh Sturgeon for this one this afternoon. He just kind of put it on out there, and I said, well, thank you for sharing something I've never said before. How about this one? After this manner, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will, thy will, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Anybody read where there's any sickness in heaven? Anybody read where there's any fear in heaven or any anguish in heaven, any sin in heaven, any disobedience in heaven? He said, that stuff, he said, that's all on the outside of the gates of the city. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It is his will for the lack of sickness that is in heaven to be the lack of sickness in earth. But he can't get it in the whole earth right now, but perhaps he could get it in this earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in this earth, in this body, as it is in heaven. I know I'm getting a glory. I'm my priest right now. I know I'm getting a glorified body someday. But right now, I'm going to live in the cure. I'm not going to live in the curse. And if I live in the cure, my cure, his cure, is going to take me to that heavenly place. Oh, I wish somebody would praise him. Some of y'all still trying to figure out the healing for the sick, the sinner thing. Just keep going back to the scripture. 
when Jesus encountered a sinner, he forgave their sins before he healed their body. Redemption is first. James chapter 5 and verse 15. The prayer of faith might save the sick. Depends on what song was sung before it happened. Depends on what preacher was in the pulpit when it happened. Depends on who it was that was had their hand on their head. Well, that kind of does. But if they're praying the prayer of faith, and the Lord shall raise him up. Watch. And if he have committed any sins, thou, they, they shall be forgiven him. With the sinner, God is more concerned about forgiveness than he is healing. But him, when he releases forgiveness, he releases healing. He's not going to release healing without forgiveness. And then he's going to look at the sinner like he did many, several times in the Bible, including the, the impotent man at the, at, at the pool of Bethesda. I'll find that here in just a minute and I'll read it to you, but it's in my mind right now. Well, here it is right here. Here it is. John chapter 5 and verse 14. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple. This is after he had been healed and all that kind of stuff. And said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more. Lest a worse thing come unto thee. He was connecting sin and sickness. He did not heal him without commissioning him to a life without sin. And he was letting him know, if you go back to the stuff that you were doing when I found you sitting in the pool, what you were going through at the pool is going to pale in comparison to what you will come through afterwards because sickness is a byproduct of sin. Sin is in the world. Well, I, I ain't going to get all of you, but that's all. Y'all so bored with this right now. If we ever get a hold of this, I'll throw another one at you. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Now, God's the only one that can forgive sin. But I believe what it does is it speaks to the power and the authority that God has put in us. That you be careful how you handle the sinner and people's sin. And you be careful who you hold unforgiveness about. Because if you hold it, then it's going to cause all kind of problems and wreak all kind of habit. But when you let people's sin go and you forgive them of their sin, it releases the miraculous power of God. If I can get you to release it, if I can get you to forgive it, I will forgive it. I will react according to your faith. Sit down right there because I just messed you up on that one. No, wait, wait. No, we can heal ourselves. No, God made us dependent on each other. Pray ye one for another that you may be healed. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You've you got to have other members of the body of the body of Christ. Now, so there's hindrances. There's hindrances. 
Disobedience is a hindrance. How about this one? Wives, be subject unto your husband. Now I don't have the scripture down. But wives, be subject unto your husband, etc. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, that your prayers be not hindered. We, I, I'm not trying to be ugly. I love y'all. Coochie coo. Love y'all. But we can't just act any old way. And then go, where's all the miracles? You can shout the ceiling tiles down. But if you hold unforgiveness in your heart, you will split hell wide open. Unforgiveness is sin. Bitterness is sin. Am I preaching the word? Have I got out of the word yet? Y'all just, y'all, the Sanhedrin over there, correct me if I get something wrong. We, we can't just act like a bunch of sinners. Like we never seen the Holy Ghost. Then where's all the miracles? I talked about it this morning. They did not discern the Lord's body, Paul said. And he said, because of that, many are sick, many sleep. They die. They die early deaths. Unforgiveness is a hindrance. Lack of tithing. Is a hindrance. You can't rob God and then ask Him for more. Lord, I'm already got my hands in your bank account, stealing the 10% that belongs to you. And now I need you to heal my body. And God's going, no problem. You give me the 10% that belongs to me, and I'll give you what I promised you. Oh, some of y'all's hands got broke right there. <laughs> Hindrances. Hindrances. Psalms one hundred eight and seventeen. Watch this. This is how merciful God is. Now, some of y'all that are still having problem with stuff I'm preaching right now. Because I know, because I know, some of your center friends have asked you to come pray for them in the hospital. And we won't even talk about the fact that when somebody's in the hospital, I, I have a hard time doing that anyway. Because they already decided what source was going to be their healing, but that's, that's another message. But I know you've had center friends ask you to come pray for them in the hospital and all that, and you did, and you believed in all that, and maybe, got, maybe they got better. Maybe they got better. And if I go pray for a center in the hospital, I will pray what they ask me to pray. But in my spirit, I'm praying, God, convict them. Convict them. Turn them. 
let them sense something about what's on the inside of me that will make them turn their lives to you. Do something, Lord, simultaneously forgive them and heal them at the same time. If you got That's the point I'm trying to make. Forgiveness comes first. Psalms chapter 108 and verse 17. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. I'm still in the word. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Watch how merciful God is. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. It's a simultaneous event. That's why Jesus, time and again, said, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Please, please do yourself and God and everybody else the favor. When you get the faith to be healed, when you say, this is it. This is my moment. It's going to happen. I'm not looking back. I'm not turning back. I am going to be healed. The moment that person's hand touches my head and speaks the name of Jesus over my body, I'm going to be healed. Do everybody a favor and yourself. When you get to that point, don't ever look back and don't ever question it. Don't say, well, I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I don't, I, I, don't, it's a, I don't know. It's a little better. I don't know. You know, sometimes the body gets all situated and everything in such a way it's been that way for a certain length of time. The body needs time to recover, but the healing is instantaneous. The Lord doesn't say, I'll give you 5% of healing today. I'll give you 7 more percent three days from now. I'll give you 19% in a month from now. He doesn't work like that. When the blood is applied, the blood is applied where the faith is connected to God and the word of God is spoken. The healing takes place. It takes place, and so you've got to go in faith. And you've got to say, whatever I wasn't doing before that God needed me to do, I'm doing it now. I hadn't been praying like I need to pray, but I'm going to pray now. I hadn't been worshiping the way I need to worship, but I'm going to worship that way. Go and sin no more. Don't go back to your unbelief. Now, you be seated. Am I making sense? Have I ticked anybody off yet? Okay. Miriam, the sister of Moses, speaks against her spiritual authority. Leprosy. Because you can't disobey. And expect there not to be a consequence. Now you young people. Hear your bishop right now. I want, every, I want every one of you looking up here right now. I love you. I love you. Matter of fact, I'm looking forward to being in my young leaders class tomorrow night at 730. There's a lot of things that hadn't come down upon you in your life. Because you got a praying mama and daddy or a praying mama or a praying daddy. And they are your covering. And you're protected. But you be careful not to mistake the fact that you will come to the age of God's accountability. 
And if you continue, I'm not saying continue in sin. Get rid of your sin. Get it out now because you will reap what you sow. There's a lot of things that God's being merciful to you about right now because you've got a mama and a daddy that's praying to God every day. Lord, please help them. Convict them. Cover them. Put your anointing on them. God, make sure they're on the right course. Don't let them continue in sin. Parents, don't you dare turn a blind eye to your son and daughter's sin. You say, well, you know, you're, you know, are, are, what, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? You're supposed to, you're supposed to, you're supposed to deal with it every single time. You're supposed to talk to them about it every single time. I don't care what they call you. I don't care how they act towards you, because they're going to get to an age of accountability, and they are going to understand that this is real life. That there is a consequence to every disobedience. There's a consequence. Train them up. Train them up. I, I just wanted to tell you, some of you are living in a mercy right now. Some of you are living in a grace right now. Sin breaks down God's hedge around us. And while, I, while I'm talking to the young people right now, y'all know I love you. I'm, I'm for you. I'll fight hell for you. I really will. And big ugly people too. If I have to. But what about dishonoring or failing to honor your, your father and mother? Is, is, that, is that not a sin? Did God take that out of the Ten Commandments? The Ten. Ten. Ten Commandments. Out of ten commandments that God spoke as the moral code for the human race, one of them was, honor thy father and thy mother. Watch that thy days may be long upon the earth. Honor and obedience are connected to health and life and healing. That's just for free. Y'all don't owe me nothing. I know the young people want to just throw money at me. Y'all don't owe me nothing. You have to get rid of your sin. God is not going to heal somebody so you can continue in sin. Now, this morning I mentioned it briefly about taking care of your body. Now, I don't think any of us do a perfect job at that. I, I, know, I know we don't, but... Divine healing was never intended to take the place of proper care of the temple of the Holy Ghost in things like rest, exercise, eating the right foods, and avoiding habits that weaken the body. Divine healing was never intended for being the replacement for lazy stewardship. Now this is something we don't talk about. And I'm not trying to be ugly. They say, well, that's, that's easy for you because you got a different metabolism than me. Well, some people may have to try harder. But that doesn't mean you quit trying. That doesn't mean you overindulge. Gluttony is a sin. Sure is. You can't continue in sin. God will heal your body if you let your body deteriorate and you just give it in to indulgence. 
but it'll come right back on you a hundred times if you continue with the same habits. Well, God doesn't heal me now. Yeah, he healed you for you to go and sin no more. Have I lost you? So in this case, we talk about disobedience to the word of God, and and it is the word of God, but how about disobedience to the laws of nature? Now, I I know in a lot of people's mind, we think, well, uh, you know, old age and the body deteriorates. Are you still here? I, I won't be much longer. We, we know that the body deteriorates, it ages. I, I know, I know. Praise God. Somebody won something. <laughs> Congratulations. Wouldn't it be cool if you heard that sound every time the healing took place? Just bling. <laughs> Don't clap for that. <laughs> You're not going to get that. You, you got faith. Faith is the bling. That's, that's, that's the sound. That's faith. That's what happens in heaven every time. Faith is like God said, well, there it is. And you hear that in heaven, and it's cool. The angels love it. There's another one. and It's awesome. But, but we have to be in diligent pursuit of the things of God. We have to be in diligent pursuit. I, I have heard people out of their own mouth, out of their own mouth, I've heard people that let themselves go. And they say, don't pray for me. God's not going to heal me because I hadn't taken care of my body. I've, I've heard people say that. I've heard preachers say that before. When somebody said to them, the Lord wants to heal you. No, don't pray for me. I hadn't took care of my body. God's not going to heal me. Well, they have no faith for it. But I'm going to tell you how merciful God is. God will heal you if you promise to reverse the behavior that got you to that point. What they're really saying is, I don't want to change my behavior. So I know it's a waste of time. Why live like that? I'm not trying to make people uncomfortable. We've all got our struggles that we have. But I, my God, i got to challenge somebody. To, and I, Lord, I don't, I'm afraid to even look. I don't have anybody in mind. But my, get it under control. Get it under control. Discipline is discipline. doesn't matter if it's physical or spiritual or emotional. Discipline. Spiritual discipline. Amen. And God will heal you. Last passage of scripture out of James chapter 1 verses 6 through 8 in the Living Bible. Watch this. This this right here is the passage of scripture for anything that you want to receive from God. But when you ask him, be sure that you really expect him to tell you for a doubtful mind will be as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And every decision you then make will be uncertain as you turn first this way and then that. If you don't ask with faith, don't expect the Lord to give you any solid answer. 
Confidence is everything. Confidence is everything in this life. And confidence is everything in the spirit world because it's, it's faith. It's the same as faith. And I am fully persuaded, as it's said about the people in Hebrews chapter 11. And Abraham, Abraham, he was fully persuaded of what God had promised that it would bring it to pass. What if you condition yourself to get to a point in your life, in your walk with God? God, I, I'm not perfect yet, but show me the areas of my life I need to work on, okay? You need me to change my diet? I don't want to do that, but I can do it with your help. I need your help, Lord God, because that's a weakness I have. That's a weakness. Well, I love, and I'm just speaking hypothetically here. Theoretically, oh, I love the desserts. Oh, I love this and I love that. What, what would happen, not making it mechanical, but just being such a flow in sync with God to get that balance in our lives that Jesus had? He was so balanced. He knew exactly how to address every person in their unique situations. And he cared about the sinner. He cared about the saint. He cares about his church. He cares about his bride. Now, in this place tonight, I know there's a lot of people that need a healing in your body. And you're saying, well, man, I mean, you just gave so many hindrances. It just wiped me out tonight. I'm not qualified. Yeah, you are. Because before we pray for the sick tonight, we're going to repent. But repentance is a determination. Are you listening to me tonight? I, I'm, I'm done officially preaching, but now we're getting to the important part. If you want to go on with the stuff in your body and your life, you can have them. But he took our infirmities. He took our sicknesses. You don't have to hold on to them. You don't have to keep them. And the Lord will deliver you. When we repent tonight, we're not going to just say words to the Lord expecting to not change anything. If you're going to do that, don't repent because repent doesn't mean saying I'm sorry. Repent means a change of direction. A change of direction. Lord, I'm going to change whatever I need to change to get in alignment with you. Because I am not going to live through another pandemic wondering what's going to happen to me. Do we get sick from time to time? We sure do. But I'll say it again. I haven't said this in a while. We have not had any untimely deaths as a result of sickness in this church in 20 years. No untimely deaths as a result of sickness in this church. As a matter of fact, we really don't have a lot of sickness in this church. I, I don't remember when the last person has been in the hospital. My father-in-law is in a nursing home right now trying to get better. But, but, but there were times in the past that we had six, seven, eight people in the hospital at one time. But I believe, are you still here? When a church matures and when faith matures and when we're going from a mustard seed to a full-grown tree that is the greatest among herbs where the birds of the air can come and lodge in the branches of the church, I believe there is a reliance on God. This prayer, listen to me, this is the most important part of the service right here. This prayer that we do after the second song, some of you missed your opportunity tonight because we are going to pray for the sick and you knew you needed a healing in your body but you didn't come up here. 
This prayer that we do after the second song is not something to fill a service. It's not formality. It's not to give somebody an opportunity to be in the pulpit. It's because we believe if we come to the house of the Lord, we're going to leave changed. We're going to leave healed. We're going to leave, oh, I feel it right now, that faith is going to connect with God. And he's going to heal us from the top of our head to the sole of our feet. Stand and clap your hands and lift your voice and give him praise if you believe that here tonight. Forgiveness is first. Forgiveness is first. We're, everybody's going to repent. Everybody's going to repent. If you don't repent about anything, if you don't have anything to repent about except for being undisciplined in certain areas, repent of that. Repent of that. If you have somebody to forgive, I, I, want, you, I want you to forgive. And that's fine. These folks that are coming now, that's, that's fine. Just stay right there. But I want everybody else to stay in your seats for right now. That's fine. They didn't do anything wrong. This is what we do, and I get that. But I want there to be a distinction from the forgiveness to the healing tonight, for tonight, okay? And I want us to be in alignment with God there. And when we come forward, I want us to come forward with clean hands and a pure heart. Not lifting up our soul to vanity, but lifting up our heart toward God and receiving what God has already promised from us. And I, and I want us to repent from sincerity. And sincerity. It's 8-12 for the clock watchers. If you need to go. God bless you. We're not upset at you, but if you're going to stay, I want you to pray with sincerity right now. Father, I'm asking you, Lord, to forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for the things in my life that don't line up with you. If you can think of something specific, I want you to pray that. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to put the mic down, and I, and I want you to repent sincerely. Come on. From, from one side of your life to the other, I want you to ask him, Lord, I need your forgiveness. In the name of Jesus. Come on, now lift your voice. Lift your voice and, and ask the Lord, purge me, Lord, with hyssop. Make me white as snow. Help me, Lord, to walk in your steps. Help me to follow you. Yes, that's it. Come on, I feel the sincerity. In this place tonight, we're going to walk out of this place right with you. Forgiven. Forgiven without doubt nothing wavering we're not going to waver 
We're not going to be double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We're not, we're not going to waver, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We're not going to believe one minute and doubt you the next minute. We're not going to profess our faith one minute and ask you questions the next minute. We believe that all the promises of God are in you, yea, and in you, amen. Every disease and every sickness, every infirmity, we believe, God, according to your word and by your name and by the blood, you're going to purge these from our bodies tonight. You're welcome to join us online in this prayer of repentance. Come on. And I'm praying, Lord, that you would lift condemnation off of our lives. I'm praying that you would lift the condemnation off of us, Lord. Every failure, every bit of condemning, condemning spirit, condemning attitude that we feel, that condemnation coming on us. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, come on, I feel liberty in this house right now. I rebuke condemnation. Lift it off of us, Lord. And let us know that he that the Son has set free is free indeed. We're free from our sin. We're free from condemnation. We're free from unbelief. We're free from our doubt. We're free from our fear. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Oh God, with that same spirit and that same attitude, with your hands lifted as high as you can get them. I want you to just let him lift it off of you. In the name of Jesus, every bit of doubt, every bit of doubt, every bit of doubt, every bit of doubt, in the name of the Lord. Come on, don't get offended at what I preach. I'm in the word of God. I'm just trying to help us to be recipients of the promises of God. Don't get upset with the preacher. In the name of Jesus, come on, I preach this way because I'm commissioned by Jesus to preach this way. I preach this way because you deserve the truth. God has great things for you. Great miracles are gonna happen in your life tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I'm about to ask you, like Jesus asked the man at the pool of Bethesda, wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou be made whole? Will you walk out of this place whole tonight? Oh, nothing doubting. Oh, hallelujah. We're going to pray for the strength of our youth. We're going to pray for health and vitality. We're going to pray for fresh energy in the Holy Ghost. Refreshing. Woo! My God, have mercy. I feel something beginning to happen. I'm about to open these altars here in just a moment. But don't you dare come up here with doubt and unbelief. You're going to hurry to the front of this building here in just a moment. You're going to rush up here with your faith and expectancy here in just a moment. And you're going to receive what the Lord has for you. It's a promise. It's a promise. It's a promise. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. We're about to come here in just a moment. I want you to take your faith to an apex. I want you to put your confidence in the Lord. 
You don't have to work it up in the flesh. You just have to believe it in your spirit. Oh, hallelujah. It's just like addressing an envelope, putting the letter in the envelope. Oh, hallelujah. Putting a stamp on the envelope, putting in the mailbox, expecting it to get to where you're sending it. The Lord is about to heal your body in the name of Jesus. Now, he's not going to heal those who hesitate. He will not heal those who hesitate. But if you're ready for God's promise to come to pass, let it be in earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, if you're ready, I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now and receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save you. It's able to heal you. Those of you that are in the front need to get out of the way. You got some people that are behind you that are trying to hurry down to the front of this building. In the name of Jesus, God, for the repentant. Oh yeah, come on, I feel it right now. The Spirit of the Lord is present to heal you. In the name of the Lord Jesus right now. Oh, I bind the curse. I bind the curse of sin on your life. I bind the curse of sickness on your life. You're a child of God. You're a child of God. You're a child of the King. Oh, hallelujah. I'm an obedient servant. Oh, I'm a repentant servant here tonight. Come on, he's got a double cure for a double curse. That's it, come on. That's it, I can't get to every one of you to lay my hands on you. You're just gonna have to believe the word of the Lord. He sent his word and healed them. Come on, it's happening right now. He sent his word, he sent his word and healed them by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name Jesus. I command every sickness to leave this building. I command every disease to leave this building. I command every infirmity to leave this building. I bind the spirit of infirmity. I bind every attack of the enemy. I bind every curse that's come upon everybody as a result of sin in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I bind it and I release healing in your body. I release virtue in your body. In the name of Jesus, I release it. Come on. The men of God are going to stretch their hands out across, across this congregation. In the name of Jesus. Men of God, I want you to look at people. And I want you to lay their hands on them from here. Just look at them and pray for them and speak the word of God over them in the name of Jesus. Oh God, we believe it. We believe it right now. I command you to be healed in the name of Jesus. I command you to be restored in the name of Jesus. I release God's healing power on you in the name of Jesus. I feel it. There's angels of healing. There's an angel of deliverance moving back and forth in this aisle, in this altar. God's healing right now. If you're watching online, I command you to be healed. I command you to be healed in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, 
Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Yes, come on. Let it happen. Let it happen. God is infusing you. God is driving out every form of sickness. In the name, every joint problem, every muscle problem, every ligament, every tendon, everything that's broken, every organ, every organ, in the name of Jesus, heal the blood, heal every artery, heal every vein, in the name of the Lord Jesus, now God, in the name of the Lord, every physiological condition, every spiritual condition, oh, it's happening right now. Come on, I feel faith building in this house. I feel it happening right now. Come on, it's time for you to shout the name of Jesus. It's time for you to rejoice in the name of Jesus. It's time for you to praise God for your miracle in the name of Jesus. I want you to do what you feel in the Holy Ghost right now. Don't just stand there. I want you to do what you feel in the Holy Ghost right now. Because I'm telling you, people are being healed in this place. You're going to walk out of here and you're never going to be the same again. You're never going to feel the same again. The miracle worker is in the house. The Savior's in the house. In the name of Jesus, don't get distracted. Don't get your eyes on somebody else. Keep your physical eyes closed, but your spiritual eyes on Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. My God, it's happening right now. Oh, hallelujah. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Do the will of God. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you something's happening in this building. In the name of Jesus, oh God, Satan, we rebuke you. Every devil in hell, we rebuke you. The spirit of fear, we rebuke you. 
Every bit of demonic torment, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. I can't make you respond. I can't make you respond. But 10 lepers went to Jesus. And when he said, go show yourself to the priest, the Bible said they were healed as they went. But one returned rejoicing and praising and thanking him. And he was made whole every whit. I can't make you respond. But somebody is going from healing to wholeness in your praise. My God, have mercy. Whoa. To you, it's just physical activity. But to him. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, the heart of God is being moved right now. He inhabits the praises of his people. In the name of Jesus, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Come on, close your eyes. Soak it up. Soak it up. Take it in. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, oh God. In the name of Jesus, oh God. Maya Talalabosea. Jesus, 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 oh God. Celebea bacanda la bosea. Que alala mamba babaya talala bosea. Hallelujah. If any man be a worshiper and doeth his will, Hallelujah, you shall ask anything. Brethren, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence with God that he heareth us. And we shall ask whatever. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, oh God.
Yeah, those of you that are slipping into the deep presence of God, don't let somebody else's carnality quench what God's doing with you. Oh, hallelujah. You're going to be the one to get the miracle. Hallelujah. You're the one that's moving heaven, and you're the one that's moved by heaven. Oh, thy kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. Come on, I'm telling you, God's working right now. The devil is so mad right now. The Lord's working. The Lord's working. Hallelujah. Come on, I hear that old spirit trying to get up on you right now. In the name of Jesus, the devil is a liar. I rebuke you, Satan, right now. I rebuke you, Jezebel, right now. In the name of the Lord, Hakataya. Yeah. Jesus in your name, oh God. Jesus in your name. Everybody's not going to get this because you're tired, you're worn out, you're ready to go. But somebody in this place is going to say, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. Jesus' name. My God, my God, my God, my God. Hallelujah. Right now, in the middle of this move of the Holy Ghost, the enemy is working on some of you in this place trying to take the seed out of your heart my God I'm not going to let up tonight the seed is either going to fall on thorny ground it's going to fall on stony ground it's going to fall by the wayside or it's going to fall on good ground well hallelujah if you want to let your heart be a heart of stone that's up to you if you want to let the thorns and the cares of life choke out the seed that's up to you if you want to let it go in one ear and out the other, that's up to you. But somebody in this place is going to say, God, I've made my heart ready. The seed has been planted on good ground. I receive it in the name of the Lord. It's mine. Every promise in the book is mine. 
every chapter, every verse, every line. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus. Come on, stay with it. Stay with it. Now I'm going to tell you something else. Some of yours may not be physical. Don't stop praying. Some of what you're battling may not be physical. If you've been under attack by a demonic spirit, I want you to come right up here and we're going to pray for you. If you know you've been under attack by a demonic spirit, I want you to come right up here. In the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, just stand right there if you would. Just stand right there. Back about two steps. We gotta have room to get in front of you. Just right across here. I need some ladies right here. I need I need some men right here. Brother Jones, come help me right here. Brother Mike Smith, Jared, come help me right here. This gentleman, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. If you can tell it, I want you to tell this man right here if you know what spirit it is. If you know, if you don't, that's fine. But if you know, I want you to tell him so we know what we're praying for. Okay, don't stop. Don't stop. If you, all, all of y'all are under attack by a demonic spirit. If you're under attack by a demonic spirit, I want you to light up right across here. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Look at me up here. When you get ticked off at the devil, that's when you're going to get deliverance. When you get sick of putting up with his mess and torment, that's when you're gonna. That's when you're gonna get deliverance. As long as you're okay with him coming back again and again and again, he will keep coming back again and again and again. But tonight you're gonna have to build up a hedge and build up a wall and say you're not coming to my house anymore. You're not getting in my mind anymore. You're not getting in my emotions anymore. You're not getting in my spirit anymore. Look, we got people all across here. I want ladies behind all of these. Are some of y'all in line or is this just him? Okay. And over here, I need a couple of men. In the name of Jesus, don't stop praying. Don't stop praying right now. Come on, let's pray. Men of God, Pastor, I want y'all to come on. Josh. In the name of the Lord. Now, we're not going to wrestle with the devil. We're going to rebuke it. And we're going to believe that God is going to set them free right now in the name of Jesus. I bind every form of witchcraft right now. I bind every spirit of hell. I bind it in the name of Jesus. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Oh, Sata, in the name of Jesus, I command you to be delivered right now.
time. Come on, somebody. Yeah, you tell about Senda. Come on, praise somebody. Praise somebody. We're not playing. This isn't daycare. Whoa. name of Jesus, oh God. Come on. Come on. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. God's got a double cure for a devil curse. Woo! In Jesus' name. Yeah! Come on, something's about to break in this place. Something is about to break in this place. Come on, victory's coming. Victory's coming. Victory's here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, come on. It's time to come out of it. It's time to come out. It's time to come out. My God, have mercy. Yeah, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We're the book of Acts, church. We're not playing with the devil. say it again because the devil hates to hear it but he that the son has set free is free indeed oh he's free indeed he's free indeed he's free indeed Whoa, Jesus in your name father Whoa, yeah let it move let it break let it break let it break let it break my God have mercy yeah, come on, come on. Chains are breaking, chains are breaking. I plead the blood of Jesus, Father. Satan, 
Come on, what you're hearing right now is the sound of freedom. This is what freedom sounds like. We're not going to take the enemy's yoke of bondage. We're not going to bow to his will. Oh, hallelujah. We're not going to let up. We're not going to give in. We're his children. We're God's children. Oh, hallelujah. We're the sons of God. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, hallelujah. The devil is ticked off because you're going to walk out of this place free tonight, healed tonight. Oh, yes. Yeah. Come to the Bosea. Oh, 